four scriptures which we'll read together. First of all from Hebrews chapter 3. They're all from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 3. And verse 1. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. Then we've got for the second one, Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Then back to Hebrews 3 verse 14. For indeed we have, for we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. And then Hebrews 11 and verse 6. And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So the second slide please. So the second slide for each of those scriptures. For the first one it is telling us to fix our thoughts. Second one is telling us to focus our eyes. The third one is telling us to fasten our confession. And the fourth one is to tell us to fuel our faith. And so if we go to the next slide, we will discover that from the four scriptures, it's all about our thinking. Think about Jesus. For the second one, it's about our looking. Look towards Jesus. And the third one is to do with holding on holding fast to Jesus and then uh, verse 6 of this fourth one is be strengthened in Jesus so it's about our, our mind it's about our thoughts our, our, our eyes it's about our hands grasping hold of and be strengthened is all about our hearts and that's where I feel that God was just leading me that's the next slide I should have put up now mind, eyes, hands and heart and so just very briefly, as a lot of scriptures I want to read, uh, in fact, same scriptures but from different translations, the first thought is fix your thoughts. The next slide. And the question I want to ask there is, when you talk about fixing our thoughts, what do we spend the most time thinking about? It's a good question, isn't it? What do we spend the most time thinking about? And I know that as we go through our daily course of whatever it is we're doing, we have to think about a lot of things. A lot of things can come and take up our mind, our thought processes. But how much of our day is spent thinking about Jesus? How much of our day is spent about thinking about Jesus? Now, I'm the pastor, so I spend most of my day praying, reading God's Word, reading, studying, preparing ministry. So in a sense, most of my day is spent thinking about the things of God. But for all of us, in all that we're doing, whatever we're involved in, we should make sure that in the day we spend time thinking about Jesus. When I was in the motor trade, 
that's going back a long time now because I was in the motor trade for 20 years till I was 36. But w when I was in the motor trade, although you were working with a group of guys, you all had your own work to do, you're all working on your own individual car or whatever. Uh, and I know that when I was in the workplace, even though there was the radio going on and there's all the noise of the panel beating and the hammering and everything else, but I used to do the hardest I could to keep my thoughts focused on Jesus. And even in the workplace, because I would be masking the cars because I was the painter, I would be masking the cars up ready to put them in the oven to spray them, and I would have a pen in my pocket, and even on the paper I'd begin to just write down the thoughts that God would just drop in my heart. And if I was preparing for ministry, I would be thinking about it when I was in the workplace, and I would write them down on the piece of paper, so that when I'd finished spraying, I would just rip that little piece out, put it in my pocket, and those thoughts would be there with me to take home to begin to meditate further. Because I realized the importance of, with everything else that was going on, to still keep my thoughts focused on Jesus. And we can allow so many other things to come and to fill our mind that suddenly we'll suddenly realize that Jesus has gone to the back. We haven't thought about him. We haven't thought about his love. We haven't thought about what he's done for us. We haven't thought about what he's doing for us. We haven't thought about what he's going to do for us. So, fix your thoughts. Think about Jesus. Second one, next slide. Focus your eyes. What do we spend the most time looking at? What do we spend the most time looking at? There's so much to grab our attention with our eyes, isn't there? So much television, internet, computer, lots and lots of things. But we need to ask ourselves the questions, what are we focusing our eyes upon mostly? How much do we focus our eyes upon the Word of God? On the things of God? And we need to, each one of us, examine the way that we spend our day and what we're focusing our eyes on. What are we spending the most time watching? when perhaps we should be spending more time focusing on the Word and focusing on Jesus. Thirdly, fasten your confession. What do we cling mostly to? That's another good one really, isn't it? What do we cling mostly to? Where do we run to first? Who do we run to first? We should be running to Jesus. We should be clinging to Jesus. And then fourthly, fuel your faith. What gives you your daily strength? I wonder how much we struggle in a week because we've not fueled our faith. We've not spent time with God. We've not spent time in his word. We haven't come to Jesus. And as we're going through the day, as we're going through the week, our faith is not what it should be. We're trying to get our strength from other things rather than fueling our faith and allowing God to work in our hearts. See, we know Jesus as Saviour, but do we really know him as Lord? This is a challenge that I often bring because so many today make the claims of the gospel so easy, just come to Jesus accept him as your saviour, he's going to forgive your sin and you're going to go to heaven. Well, yes, that's right. But there's more than that. It's about allowing him not just to be saviour, but to be lord of our lives. 
Lord of our lives, so that he's the centre of our lives. He's the focus of our lives. We live our lives around him. Not allowing him to fit in where we've got a few spare moments or whatever. We need to allow Jesus not only to be our saviour, but we need to allow him to be our Lord. Lord of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be. And I feel that it's sad that there are so many who claim to know Jesus as Saviour, but they don't want him to be Lord of their lives. They want to do what they want to do. Lord, I'll allow you to have this little bit of a compartment, maybe a Sunday morning, maybe a little bit of time during the week, but the rest of the time I'm going to fill the rest of that with whatever I want. You're not going to be Lord of that. I'm going to decide what's going on. But he has the right not only to be our Saviour because he's died for us, but he has the right to be our Lord. Lord of our lives. Centre of everything that we are. And so this new year, it's a good time to stop with these words that I've got on the next slide. To restore. If our relationship with the Lord has been not what it should have been in, in 2021, as we're stepping into 2022, we've got 52 years, 50 weeks left of this year to go, to restore our commitment. Restore our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the things of God. To reset, perhaps. Maybe we've allowed so many things to go on in our hearts and in our lives that we need to stop and we need to reset. You know, like it is with a computer. The computer gets so clogged up with everything, and suddenly it just slows down. And, well, the only answer is just to hold the button down and let the computer shut down and let it reset and restart again. Maybe there are us that are here this morning that we need to shut things down a little bit. And we need to reset our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to recommit our lives to him. We need to re-establish our walk with him. We just need to renew everything. Renew everything because we've allowed just so much to come in and fill us and take over our lives that we need to just come to that place of renewal again. Ensuring that we go through 2022 with Jesus really, truly as Lord and as at the centre of our lives. And so we'll go back to the next slide, uh, Hebrews 3.1. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and a high priest of our confection. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. In other words, we need to look at Jesus, follow his example in the word. We need to look at Jesus and allow him to be our example. And how should we be living? The answer is quite simple. We should be living like Jesus lived. We should be living like Jesus. And this is where I give Ian a little point here. The NIV is the better translation. Because although the English Standard Version says consider Jesus, on this occasion only, okay? On this occasion only, because it actually uses the words fix. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. The NLT, the New Living Translation, says think carefully about Jesus. I like that one. Think carefully about Jesus. Because as we think carefully about Jesus and look at Jesus as our example, it should cause us to turn inward and to look at ourselves. He's my example. How well am I following Jesus as the one that should be my example? And the Amplified Version says, Consider the Apostle and High Priest 
from whom we confessed as who oh, so I'll start again. Can I sometimes I make mistakes and scribble out of my writing and I can't read my writing. <laughs> Consider the apostle and high priest whom we confessed as ours when we accepted him as Saviour, namely Jesus. So this morning, fix your thoughts. Consider him who you accepted as Saviour. Therefore, to be your example. And how well are we in following as our example? And Philippians chapter 2, we know where Paul talks then about Jesus as our example. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And then it goes on to tell us what Jesus was like. So have a mind that was like Jesus. So may we fix our thoughts upon Jesus. Secondly, Hebrews 12, 2 again, the uh, English Standard Version. Look into Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Here it's all about looking to Jesus. Focusing our eyes on Jesus. The NIV says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. The NLT, the New Living Translation says, keeping our eyes on Jesus. I like that one. Fix, focus, but keep. Keep them on Jesus. I used the illustration, I'm going to embarrass my wife again now, I used the illustration on Friday that once I saw Elaine, the moment I saw her, I knew that I wanted to pursue after her. And so I kept focused on her. I kept my eyes on her. I was going to make sure that she was going to be mine. And of course you know she was. Yes. The Amplified Version says, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus. That's the Amplified Version. Looking away. Maybe this is an important verse for someone this morning. From the Amplified Version. Looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus. We need to keep focus. We need to keep going. We need to be determined that we're going to finish the race. Hebrews 10, 35 to 36 reads like this. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, if you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Scripture is very clear. If we want to receive what is promised, then we've got to keep focused. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. 
and we've got to run the race with endurance. We've got to make sure that we do everything we possibly can to make sure that we get to the end. Now that tells us there's a possibility of not getting to the end. And now, is it going to be possible that we're not going to get to the end? Well, as the Amplified Version says, because we'll have allowed things to distract us. Distract us. Let's make sure that we keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Galatians 5 verse 5 to 7 says, Paul writing to some of the Galatian church, he said, you were running well. You were running well. But who hindered you from obeying the truth? Who? That word could be changed to what? Who or what has hindered you from obeying the truth? And maybe as you look into your own heart this morning, you may look back over the past and you can see moments of time and you can see you were running well. In fact, you could say you were running to the house of God. You were running well. And Paul would say, the word of God would say this morning, what has hindered you from obeying the truth? What is slowing you down? Who or what is preventing you from really being the person that God wants you to be during the year of 2022. What is it? Who is it? Make sure that you don't allow who or the what to hinder you any further. Hebrews 12 says, what is weighing you down? What is entangling you and preventing you from running the race effectively? It's possible that those of you this morning and you're allowing things to weigh you down. You're allowing things to entangle you. And because of those things, it's preventing you from running the race effectively. So get rid of the distractions. Get rid of the things that are weighing. Get rid of the things that are entangling. Get rid of the things that are stopping you and distracting you in the race that we're in to run. And Hebrews 3.14, the third one, for... We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. See the if is there. The if. For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Fasten your confession. We can all look back to the moment when we gave our life to the Lord Jesus Christ, when we accepted him as our saviour. That is the moment when we came to fasten our confession upon him. But we need to hold fast to that confession. On Friday evening, we were spending time, the focus for our service prayer meeting on Friday evening was to pray for those who would once fastened their confession on the Lord Jesus Christ. They had run the race, but going back to point three, they become entangled again with the things of the world and they're no longer running the race. In other words, the word we use, they're backslidden. They've let go. They've let go. And the scripture says, fasten your confession if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. The NIV says, we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. New Living Translation, trusting God, and I like this one again, 
I like them all, but I like this one from the NLT. It says, trust in God just as firmly as when we first believed. And then the Amplified Version, if only we hold firm our newborn confidence, which originally led us to him up until the end. So the point here is remain firmly anchored in Jesus. Remain firmly anchored in his word. And remain firmly anchored in fellowship. For these things are essential. They're important for us to be able to keep running this race. And to ensure that we hold fast to our original confidence. And we run and we're firm to the end. Scripture I'm going to turn to here is from Revelations chapter 3. We know here that John received the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here it contains some uh, information concerning the churches. And in 3 verses 14 to 22, it's to the church at Laodicea. And the angel of the church in Laodicea, to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works, you are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I have need of nothing, not realising that you are wretched, you are pitiable, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire, so that you may be rich and white may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and solve to anoint your eyes so that you may see those whom I love I reprove and discipline so be zealous and repent behold I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come into him and eat with him and he with me the one who conquers I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Isn't that an awful verdict to bring upon the believers in that church, to that church? I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. God would rather us be cold or hot. No half measures. No half-hearted Christianity. No serving God perhaps on a Sunday and forgetting about him all the week. No longer serving God when we're with the people of God but different when we're outside with unbelievers. God says, I would rather that you were either cold or hot. And because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. That's a real warning to us, isn't it? A real warning to us. To remain firmly anchored in Jesus and in his word and in fellowship with God, with the Father, with the Son and with one another as his family. Romans 12 verse 11 says this, be not slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. We know that the scripture says that all mankind has fallen short of the glory of God. And every one of us were in that situation. But we came to know Jesus as our Saviour and Lord. 
And we no longer fall short because we're clothed in the robes of righteousness that he's given to us. But the sad thing is, there is still the risk of falling short. And the scripture tells us here, there's the risk of falling short of the finishing line. Would that that would never happen to any one of us, to fall short of the finishing line. In times like these, we need an anchor. Times like these we need an anchor. And the anchor that we need is the anchor for our soul. And the anchor is the Lord Jesus Christ. The anchor is also found in his word. And I believe that the anchor is also found in the fellowship that we have with one another. Because we can be strengthened in our fellowship with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. As we keep in relationship with him. We can be anchored as we read the word of God. Because it gives us our daily strength. It gives us our daily guidance. But we can be anchored in our daily fellowship and I thank God for the moments when the doors of this place are open when we come together and we have fellowship together because in those moments of being gathered together we're being strengthened we're being encouraged together we're being built up together so that we can be ensured that we're going to keep running and remain firmly anchored in what we have believed holding our original confidence firm to the end and then the fourth one, the last one, Hebrews 11, 6. Fuel your faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I'm not going to read from the other translations, but just go straight to the Amplified. But without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please him for whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him we need to fuel our faith we need to fuel our faith Last week, you remember, I spoke about the fact that, that the need that we need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And if we want to see amazing things happening amongst us, if we want, really want to see souls being saved, if we really want to see bodies being healed, if we really want to see the possessed being delivered, if we want to see the community around this building being transformed by the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, then we who have already believed, we need to fuel our faith. We need to get excited about the things of God. We need to get excited about Jesus. We need to get excited about his word. And going back to that again, we need to get excited about fellowship and prayer together as a fellowship. Because we need to believe that God is the one who rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. And if we're not going to earnestly, and if we're not going to diligently seek God, then we can't expect him to reward him us because we're not demonstrating our faith to believe that he's going to do it. It's as simple as that. And so if we can't be bothered to come to the house of God and to seek his face in prayer and to really believe that God's going to do something amongst us, then we've got no right to expect him to do anything. It's the word of God. And people will say that I'm preaching all that stuff, God. God's doing different things. God's doing nothing different now to what he was doing 2,000 years ago. His requirements are still the same. Exactly the same. 
and we need to fuel our faith. And the prayer meeting is one of those places where our faith can be fueled. Tell you, I thank God for the prayer meeting. They are sweet moments of blessing and encouragement and building up of my faith. So we need to fuel our faith. We really do need to fuel our faith. In 2022, 50 weeks yet are still ahead of us. COVID is still a major issue. But it's not just COVID. There are other things that are going to come and they're going to batter us. They're going to alarm us. The economy is not looking in too good shape when we consider the fact that every one of us is going to have to pay a lot more for our fuel bills than we ever thought we'd ever have to to, 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 to do. Many, if you're like us, you're not putting your eating on. It's hardly on because we know that the bill coming in whatever months is, is going to be a big bill. And we don't want to pay it. We just don't know what is around the corner. But there's one thing that is sure. We know that if we fix our eyes on Jesus, if we keep our thoughts fixed on Jesus, if we keep our hands holding fast to Jesus, and we keep our hearts in beat with Jesus, we know that he's with us. And he's going to take us through. Whatever my luck, Lord, you've taught me to know it is well with my soul. And I want to ask the question this morning, is it really well with your soul this morning? Is it really well with your soul? Or do you just glibly say the words? Do you just glibly tell Jesus you love him and go back to where it was, but you don't yet really love him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind? You don't yet allow him to really be Lord of everything, Lord of all. Because that's where he must be. That's where we should allow him to be. So let's go through this year with our thoughts fixed upon Jesus. With our eyes focused upon him. With our confession held fast and our faith being fueled. That this year of 2022 can be a year where we'll know the power of God at work amongst us like perhaps we've never known before. And if God is for us, then who or what can be against us? We can be as few as we may be compared to some of the so-called big churches. God is with us as well. And God can do mighty things as we're ready to align us, ready and willing to align ourselves to what he wants us to be and to what he wants us to do in this year. Amen.